from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. All flowers smell to attract its pollinator. So this particular one has blowflies and carrion beetles that pollinated in the wild. So they like rotting flesh. There's a whole network of the corpse flowers in the U.S. in botanical gardens. So in the last couple decades, we've just been growing them all over the place. But then it only blooms for about 24 hours. I'm Rod Milam. Let's talk about Luna. Luna is six years old, and Luna is very, very smelly. And earlier this week, on Tuesday evening, more than 2,000 people dropped what they were doing to visit Luna. Luna is five feet tall and is a corpse flower. <laughs> it's a corpse flower that resides in the Climatron at the Missouri Botanical Garden. And St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke was one of the people who went to see Luna. And she joins us now to tell us about the experience. And Kate, welcome. Thank you. So set the scene. What was everything like inside of the Climatron? So um, the park actually reopened at 7 p.m. so that people could see Luna. The park put out on their social media that Luna was finally going to be blooming. And by the time I got there, which is right when it opened, there were already tons of people there. So I was walking up to the Climatron and I actually walked with a family whose toddler was literally yelling, Luna, Luna, just like so excited. And inside the Climatron, so you guys know the Climatron, it's the big dome with the windows. And inside, Luna was kind of in the back. You had to snake through a pathway to find Luna the corpse flower. Mm -hmm. And I know you've seen a corpse flower before. but So it's basically got this big kind of green-yellow spike that comes up. It's about five feet tall. Mm -hmm. And then it has this sort of collar that almost looks like leaves or something kind of around its neck. Mm -hmm. And the inside of that is a bright red color. Um, And so that's where Luna was. And all night, just huge crowds of people were lined up to see Luna. And they actually, the Botanical Garden staff were surprised by how many people showed up. And they hit capacity earlier than they thought they would in the evening and actually closed earlier because so many people were there. I was surprised by the number. You said how many people walked through More than 2,000. Yeah, they said that. And that was just that night. They actually reopened on Wednesday morning, early in the morning, so more people could get in there. So it was a lot of people. So you described what the flower looked like, but what about the biggest reason maybe why people so show up and uh, the reason the flower has its name, the corpse flower? What about the famous smell? What was that like for you? Yeah, so when I got there, at first, the flower wasn't really smelling yet. And everyone was kind of like, why can I not smell this flower? I'm here for the smell. But then about an hour and a half into the night, we started to just get these waves of stinkiness. And it was really interesting. Most of the night, I could kind of handle it. I was I would walk around and just kind of hit what felt like patches of stink. But one time I was kind of standing right next to it and I I kind of felt a little bit sick because it did smell so gross. But of course, I'm a radio reporter, so I was there with a recorder. And here's what it was like for people who were there. Come on through. He's been talking about Luna all evening, all afternoon. So we're excited to see her. Look where she is. (gasps) 
Do you see Luna? It's very interesting. I've never seen a flower or plant like it before. Could you smell it at all? I definitely got puffs of it, but... It smelled pretty bad. We smelled it when we first walked in, and then as we got closer to the flower, we couldn't really smell it, but it was pretty, pretty rancid. I'm, I'm looking at it right pretty now. Pretty dang. Sweaty sock smell, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, sweaty sock smell. I don't know. I can't really smell it. And what did you think about the smell? Could you smell it? No. Not at first. What about when we were walking up to it? Uh, yes. What did it smell what did it like? Smell like? A dead body. <laughs> Have you smelled many dead bodies before? No. I really enjoyed it. When we went into the Climatron, it didn't smell at first, but then it hit me maybe six to ten feet away, and it smells like we were saying rotten cabbage. I was giving cabbage vibes, and someone behind us said like a rotting skunk maybe, or a dead squirrel. We were Road kind of getting... Yeah. yeah. That's really strange. Uh, people were giving a lot of different smell types. I mean, yeah. dead body, you got the corpse thing, but you had other things too. Why do these flowers smell like that? So I was curious about that too. And so I actually talked to a horticulturist with the Missouri Botanical Garden, Emily Coletti, and this is how she described why Luna is putting off the smell. All flowers smell to attract its pollinator. So if it's going to be a sweet smell like a rose, it has this particular um, scent that will attract like the bees and whatever else. And the time of day that it smells is attracting the pollinator when it's active. This is a nocturnal pollinated plant. So this particular one has blowflies and carrion beetles that pollinated in the wild. So they like rotting flesh. So basically... The plant itself, the flower itself, is tricking the pollinators into coming to it, thinking that they're going to have a nice place to um, lay their eggs, and they're really being used for hopefully finding a male flower somewhere else and swimming itself in it and then coming over to the female flower and depositing the pollen unknowingly. That was Missouri Botanical Garden horticulturalist uh, Emily Coletti so this plant bloomed like it did, and it smells like it does to get pollinated. So do you think that Luna is actually going to get pollinated sitting in the, inside the Climatron? So this is what um, Emily Coletti was telling me. So that's in nature, but actually in um, the botanical gardens where you might find these across the country, they have a network of pollen that they get from different places, mostly I think the Chicago Botanic Garden. And so horticulturists like Emily Coletti will actually kind of cut into the plant at the base of it mm -hmm. and manually pollinate the plant. And oh. so that was the plan with Luna. I don't know if that actually worked. I think it'll probably take a little while for us to find out. How romantic. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but it's really, it's interesting that there is kind of this network of botanical gardens that are sharing the pollen. And then because of that, we know a lot about who's the plant's parents are. And so Luna's parents are actually Alice, who is also at the Chicago Botanic Garden. Okay. And then Luna's dad's name is Stinky. And Stinky, <laughs> Wait a minute, Stinky. lives in Denver. Really Stinky? <laughs> yes, really Stinky. We have Alice and Luna, those are nice names, but Stinky for the guy. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how rare is it since there seems to be this whole, I guess, uh, plant husbandry issue going on? How rare is it to see the corpse flower? I thought it was 
pretty strange or an unusual thing when I first saw it in New York, and then I eventually saw it here. Yeah, so this is what I'm learning is it's not exactly that rare. So the plant is endangered in the wild. It is native to Sumatra, Indonesia. Hmm. And um, Coletti was actually saying that the reason that it's endangered is its habitat is being deforested Mm. to grow palm oil. So she was saying if you care about corpse flowers, one way you could help is to try to use a little bit less um, palm oil in your life. But there's a whole network of the corpse flowers in the U.S. in botanical gardens. So in the last couple decades, we've just been growing them all over the place. And so it's becoming a lot less rare (laughs) to see a corpse flower. And here in St. Louis at the Missouri Botanical Garden, there have actually been 12 blooms since 2012. So this isn't particularly rare. Well, that's not rare, but neither is palm oil. Palm oil is inside of almost everything. It's hard to avoid. Yeah, you would have to pay close attention to what you're buying. So it's not super unusual to actually have uh, a corpse flower bloom, but why is it such a big deal? Why did you have that seven-year-old? I guess he was he was around seven or something. He seemed really into it. Why are people lining up and having to shut down museums early yeah. in order to be able to check it out? So it's something that you probably can catch every year if you live in a big city like St. Louis, but it's really difficult to perfectly time it out. So I think that's why people get so excited. So the corpse flower will... For each individual plant, it will bloom maybe every few years, but then it only blooms for about 24 hours. Mm. And there are some signs that we see that we know that the the flower is going to bloom soon. So it starts to get really hot and then it's Mm. growing really, really quickly. And then its growth starts to slow. So we know that the, the flower is going to bloom soon, but then it's kind of this waiting game. And I think that's why people get so excited and why it feels so rare, because you have to perfectly time it out. And then you have to see it on social media and drop everything and head right to the botanical gardens. So I think that's why it still has this feeling of excitement and rarity. That's what Kate Grumpke did. She ran to the Botanical Garden (laughs) and she checked out Luna, uh, St. Louis Public Radio reporter again, Kate Grumpke. Thank you very much for being with us here today. Thanks for having me. Today's episode was produced by Alex Hoyer with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Dorr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.